Celebrating 100 episodes of broadcast excellence, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Hook up with us on Facebook and Twitter at cruiseradio.net. This 100th episode is all about you, the listener. We've taken your questions via email and calls over the past couple of months, and we're going to have some of our favorite guests feel those questions, like Nancy Shredder from the Family Travel Network, Chris Owen from Gadling.com, from CBS Interactive, Chris Elliott, and Jennifer Natoso from the Weather Channel. Before we get to Stuart, quick note. Effective January 2012, guests sailing on a Norwegian cruise vacation are no longer permitted to smoke cigarettes in their staterooms. Now, if you're in a balcony stateroom, you can smoke on the outside balcony. However, cigar and pipe smoking in staterooms and on balconies is prohibited. Ashtrays will be available for use upon request through the housekeeping staff. Now, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is here. Hello, Stuart. Hello, Matt. Hey, Doug, and congratulations on episode number 100. (laughs) I know there's uh, fireworks going on outside, and uh, there's parades being planned. How exciting. Yeah, and and as much as we'd like to say we couldn't have done it without you, I think we probably could have. I doubt it. (laughs) You would have had uh, 100 boring episodes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. We really appreciate it. And, and and you are a big part of it, and we thank you. Well, getting right to it, looks like Carnival Cruise Lines will be in Baltimore for a few more years. What are the details? Well, the, the current two-year contract uh, ends uh, next month, and uh, the, they've, they've actually had such a huge success there uh, in and around the Baltimore area that they have actually re-upped for five more years. Mm. So that's uh, that's a uh, you know that's that's terrific because uh, the the community there has really responded and it's not so much the you know you've got the driving community but you've also do have people that do fly into Baltimore take the train you know uh, west to east uh, there's a lot of people in that area and uh, they they've really they've really um, bonded uh, and done really well with the cruise lines and that, keep in mind there's actually two cruise lines not only is Carnival year round but so is Royal Caribbean now. Norwegian Cruise Lines announced today they're having uh, their first ever Twitter cruise. Actually, uh, Doug, this is uh, an industry first in the sense that a cruise line is actually sponsoring a social media cruise that passengers can buy onto. This isn't one where the cruise line is sponsoring and hosting you know, bloggers and tweeters and, and, and Facebookers to be able to talk about their cruise. This is something that is, this is the first one where passengers are actually able to to, to book, and, uh, you know, that's, it's supposed to be a, a very uh, interesting uh, experience where they'll have networking events, social media, uh, marketing panels, and, and discussions, and it's being put on. Uh, they, they put together a, uh, a panel of a few people, and uh, so they picked this date, you know, three, a nice three-night cruise, and they'll be able to go out and uh, experience, uh, you know, what an NCL cruise is all about. All right, I want to talk about these dining surcharges, the, the increase. What's going on there? Well, uh, it, it, it's very interesting because, you know, the specialty restaurants on cruise ships were supposed to be, you know, they, they added these surcharges, which was to cover the additional food costs and as well as the service. Now, you're still essentially paying for your, your waiter and your busboy in the dining room, but uh, you know the typical charges were twenty-five to thirty dollars. But uh, celebrity on on many of their top dining rooms, you know, Cuisine, for example, um, you know they're they're taking the charge. Murano, uh, they're taking a charge from thirty-five to forty dollars mm. uh, per person, and they're also going to be doing it on their Millennium class uh, ships. Um, you know, the Constellation, uh, the Summit, Infinity, etc. 
And, um, you know, those are going to be going up from 35 to $40. And what's very interesting is the Lawn Club, which debu- just debuted on Celebrity Silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, the price on that was $30. And they said, hey, you know what? Let's just put it up to $40 as well. Aren't these surcharges supposed to be tiny? Isn't that the whole word behind surcharge? Doug, that, that's, that's a very good question. And a lot of people are going to be looking at this and saying, you know, wow, $40 a person. You know, a family of four, um, you know, you're talking $160. And uh, that really, you know, kind of takes a bite out of, you know, you know, some people will be saying, you know, is it reasonable? That's, that's, that's a lot of money, um, you know, on top of the, you know, the excursions and the shops and the gambling and all the other things that are available. And, uh, you know, and some people may say, well, you know what, we'll do it one night instead of maybe two to three nights. Because, you know, it just, you know, just kind of makes it, uh, you know, what's, you know, kind of take the fun out of it. You know, thirty, thirty-five dollars, okay, but now we're at forty. What's to keep it from going? You know, forty-five to fifty dollars. Uh, they're charging you more money. They're giving you the same amount of food. And you know, really, you know, a lot of people are going to look at this and say, you know, is is it worth it? Well, the food's good, but it's not that good. And you were just on Solstice, and I'm sure you had the the, the opportunity to experience some of these restaurants. Yeah, all of them. So uh, I mean, it's nice, but you know, for some people. You know, that extra $40, you know, let's say it's just even a couple doing it three times. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a bit of money. All right, Stuart, can you hang with us a bit? We've got some listener questions for you a little later in the show. Absolutely. All right. Before we go to break, this Royal Caribbean lawsuit, Jim Walker from CruiseLawNews.com is with us. Uh, what's it about? Well, a, a lawsuit was filed uh, on behalf of a shareholder who purchased 5,000 shares of Royal Caribbean stock on July 27th. And the following day... Royal Caribbean issued a press release saying, whoops, we made an accounting error uh, over the course of the past two years, which we either didn't know about or if we knew about it, we didn't tell anyone about it. And as a result, that particular shareholder lost about 5 to $6 per share, which, which resulted in, a, in about a $30,000 loss. Dang. So he went to an attorney, and attorneys, of course, always think big. And what the attorneys are trying to do now is attract hundreds, if not thousands, of other shareholders <laughs> who lost value of their stock. Jeez Louise. All right, in your professional opinion, how do you think this is going to end up? Well, it, 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 it depends upon what the executives knew and when they knew it and what steps they took to fix the problem. Okay, and I'm, I'm the first one to admit that people make mistakes. I wasn't a particularly good math student. Um, I, I have reason to believe that the CEO and the president of Royal Caribbean don't go to work and pull their calculators out. So this could be a situation where an internal auditor or an accountant made an, a good faith error. Hmm. And the, the executives learned about it much later, and then they took whatever steps they needed to take to disclose the problem. Hurts my brain just thinking about it. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. I, I, I'm not an accountant either. Yeah. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to watch. Have you been dreaming lately about a romantic tropical cruise to the Caribbean? Cruise one. Or how about a breathtaking scenic cruise to Alaska? Cruise one. Or how about the Mexican Riviera? Or Cancun? Hazanen? Or New England? Or Canada? Or Italy? Or Greece? Or the Far East? Or how about a cruise around the whole world? Cruise one. Got a dream vacation for you. Cruise one. Better send you on your way. Cruise one. Number one in cruising nationwide. 
One has more than 550 cruise specialists nationwide ready to help you plan your dream cruise. And speaking with a local Cruise One expert is as easy as calling toll-free 1-800-CRUISE and the number one. That's 1-800-CRUISE-1. Or find us online at cruiseone.com. Number one in cruising nationwide. Cruise One. Yeah. Cruise One. Each episode, we give you Porthole Cruise Magazine's Pick of the Week. To celebrate our 100th episode, this week's Porthole Pick celebrates all the cool things you can do on a cruise. So, here are some ways you should spend at least 100 minutes during your next venture at sea. Book a 100-minute spa treatment, of course. Today's cruise ship spas offer way more than Swedish massages and French manicures. So, sign up for something totally different like a bamboo massage, acupuncture, or even teeth whitening. You can always bar hop. No worries about designated drivers, so belly up to a bunch of different bars on your ship. You'll find some that rival the coolest venues on land, many with amazing views and great atmospheres. Try something new. Take a class that you haven't tried before, like spinning or yoga or finally make that attempt to rock climb. Sign up for juggling on the Lido deck or a tasting in the wine bar. Why? Just cause. Be a kid at heart. Take the plunge on the water slide or watch a kid's movie on the giant poolside movie screen. Being on a cruise vacation should be all about fun and don't you forget that. A quick note we want to make here, if you like a transcript of each show, just go to cruiseradio.net and click on transcript. Have a question for the experts, or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We are so grateful to have our guest on the phone, Nancy Schredder from the Family Travel Network, Chris Owen from Gadling.com, Jennifer Natoso from the Weather Channel, and from CBS Interactive, Chris Elliott. They will be fielding your listener questions. We got Robert from Cambridge, Massachusetts on the line. Go ahead, Robert. We are taking a family cruise this fall and uh, and wondering if there are youth programs on board uh, during port days. Nancy, I think you can tackle this one. Yes, yes, and yes. Youth programs are available on port days on most cruise lines, and this gives parents the wonderful option of leaving kids on the ship to play while they go golfing or maybe even take a long shore excursion. On the other hand, parents can do some shopping or have a shore excursion in the morning and then come back on board to have lunch with their kids and take them ashore in the afternoon. Their lines with free programs for kids ages three and older on port days include Carnival, Costa, Disney, Holland America, MSC Cruises, P&O, Princess, and Royal Caribbean. In addition, Disney, Carnival, and Royal Caribbean offer port day programs for kids under the age of three, but at a charge. So make sure to check with your cruise travel agent for more details. All right, we got a two-part question for Chris Owen. This is an email from Brenna Jackson in Houston. Part one of her question, what is a guarantee cabin? Well, now, technically, a uh, guarantee cabin means that it's not assigned at the time of booking, whereas someone else might pick a certain category and get that it, that their exact cabin number at the time they book. Okay. Um, the pa- when, when they're booking a, a, a guaranteed cabin, the passenger is saying, I don't care where my cabin is, do with me what you will. <laughs> the cruise line is saying, we appreciate your flexibility, that helps us fill up the cabins, and uh, if possible, we'll give you a complimentary uh, upgrade in, uh, in return. All right, part two of her question, what are the benefits of booking an assigned cabin versus a guarantee cabin? People that, uh, that should not book a guarantee cabin are people that uh, got to know where the cabin is. They, they want to know the exact location. They don't want to book a guarantee. People that want to be close to or far away from elevators or public areas 
Um, say someone that's handicapped or doesn't walk well would like to be close to an elevator, whereas someone uh, who wants to have a quiet cabin uh, would want to have one farther away, they should not book guarantees because, again, they won't know what their cabin uh, assignment is at the time of booking. Also, those prone to motion discomfort, if, if they've, someone has never been on a cruise and, say, they get carsick looking at a map, this is not for them. They need to be close to the center of the ship, which technically is the best ride. Okay. Are those, are those uh, traveling with children in another cabin that they need to be close to? Because, again, if you book two guarantee cabins, one could be on one end of the ship and the other could be on another end of the ship. And for parents wanting to be close to kids, they can't do it, and cruise lines won't let them do it anyway. People that uh, are good uh, for booking guarantees would be gamblers or lucky people, people that uh, don't really care where the cabin is. Uh, drunks are good for guarantees because <laughs> they can be anywhere. They don't care where their cabin is. Right. Or very active people, people that uh, are not in the cabin very much. Um, people that want the best value, and this little part of the formula for value means getting a higher cabin category than what they paid for, and that's what they that's what they they hope to get with the guarantee. That's good for them. All right, next caller, Linda from Atlanta, Georgia. Go ahead, Linda. I was wondering what you recommend when it comes to purchasing airfare. Is the cruise line's airfare better than purchasing airfare on your own? All right, Stuart. Well, you know, I'll tell you that that's a good question, and that that's one for the ages. Some of the cruise lines have come down with uh, choice air or easy air, but it's still the rule of thumb is to check the price of the cruise with and without the airfare. Take a look at what the cruise lines can offer you, and some actually, like Royal Caribbean and Celebrity and, and Prince, they actually allow you now to pick and choose your airfares. The danger of allowing the cruise line to book your air is you may wind up with an unflattering, <laughs> an undesirable flight schedule where if you did it yourself, you'd be able to get the, the flights and the times of your choosing, uh, as well as if you're deciding to go into some of these ports, uh, you know, the departure points early, uh, you may want you'll be able to avoid uh, some possible deviation charges as well. So point is, check the price with and without the air, and then you can determine what's in your best interest. Next caller, Raymond from Detroit, Michigan. Go ahead, Raymond. Who or what establishes the date of hurricane season? Obviously one for Jennifer Natoso of the Weather Channel. Sea surface temperature has a lot to do with it. You have to wait till the sea surface temperatures get to a certain point before tropical development is really viable. Yeah. And that happens in the northern hemisphere May to November 1st or November 15th, off the top of my head, I don't remember. I feel like they've changed it, maybe, but basically May to November. Jennifer, we've got another one for you. This one via email from Eduardo in the Dominican Republic. How is the path of a storm predicted? There's something called a spaghetti plot. Have you ever heard of that? No. You can actually find it on weather.com and uh, on the National Hurricane Center website. The spaghetti plot is... Lots of numerical models plotted all on the map at the same time, and you see lots of lines in different colors going. Usually there's a cluster of lines that go in a pretty similar path, and then there's some outliers. And the, the cluster of paths is how they predict the track. All right, this one from Natalie in steamy Scottsdale, Arizona. Natalie? Hey guys, our family was scheduled to cruise Alaska earlier this summer and two weeks before the cruise, we had to cancel it because of a sick family member. The cruise line said our fare was non-refundable. Is this true and do they even make policies to cover cancellations of sick? It doesn't really seem fair. All right, I think this is a perfect question for Chris Elliott. It's not fair. (laughs) 
you know, the cruise lines have gotten much stricter about their non-refundability policies ever since they've started selling insurance. You know, they say that refunding a cruise in a situation like this would undermine the value of travel insurance. And, um, you know, the truth is that they do offer refunds, but it's only, I think, within like a 60 or a 90 day window, right. depending on the cruise line. Um, and so, no, they're not going to give this person a refund, even if they can show a, a medical reason. It is very unusual, but sometimes you can, if there's like a terminal illness or a right. death, you, you can persuade them to uh, be a little bit flexible on that. But, but no, um, I, I don't think that they're going to get their money back anytime soon. They should have gotten insurance. So depending on the mood of the cruise line, it could be like a case-by-case case, uh, basis, depending on the severity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they used to be really good about that. Yeah. And and then, you know, it's this travel insurance thing. They started making a lot of money off travel insurance, and uh, they they started pushing people to, to buy it. And so now, say, look, we, we told you about insurance. You should have <laughs> taken out insurance. And uh, tough luck. This next one from Amy in Cincinnati. Amy says, I'm cruising the Caribbean later on this summer, and I'm concerned that my little one may fall overboard. Just how high are the railings on the ships? Nancy. Well, safety is always a concern when you're traveling anywhere with young children. The good news for this question is that the balconies and railings on cruise ship actually exceed the height requirements of similar features on land. Railings on cruise ships are 42 inches high, plus or minus three inches. For example, the railings on a carnival ship are 44 inches high, while on Royal Caribbean, they're 42 inches high. So they're always that 42 inches high, plus or minus three inches. In addition, many staterooms with balconies have safety locks that are 65 inches above the floor. If you're planning on booking a balcony cabin, make sure to check with your cruise travel agent to make sure that the stateroom you're considering is equipped with that type of safety lock. The bottom line, though, is if you have any worries about railings or there's any doubt in your mind about child safety, I would not book a balcony cabin. There are definitely other wonderful options available for families. For example, Carnival has these spacious family cabins on their Conquest-class ships that have huge floor-to-ceiling glass windows, providing you with all of the space that you actually have on a balcony, but it's inside your room, plus you have those same incredible views. And all that comes with the extra peace of mind that some parents really appreciate. No balcony, no worries. For families, that's certainly a winner in my book. Of course, there's always the option of having a child leash and tying it <laughs> off to the door. Or watching your child like a hawk everywhere. Oh, well, who has time for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But no, the cruises are wonderful that way. They really are concerned about those those height requirements, and, and they meet them. Let's go to Carmen, just south of here in St. Augustine, Florida. Carmen? I just want to let you know, I absolutely love your show. Thank you. Appreciate it. I was wondering, what causes tidal surges during hurricanes? All right, another one for Jennifer Natoso. There are a lot of factors that go into that, but the two primary ones are, number one, you get persistent, strong winds out over the ocean, and those push the water toward the coastline. Number two, and this is more secondary, but definitely plays a part, is low pressure, which is the center of the hurricane, tends to kind of pull water toward it. Mm -hmm. So when the low pressure moves over land, 
it brings some of the water with it. This next question comes from Michael in Dallas, Texas. What is the difference between freestyle cruising and regular cruising? All right, Stuart. Well, I mean, freestyle cruising evolved from freestyle dining, and that was to kind of take the uh, the regimentation out of the dining experience, which uh, essentially NCL led the way uh, starting back in uh, 2000. And it's just been an evolutionary where, so we're not dealing with dining where it's first and second seating. Um, there are uh, myriads of, of opportunities from which to eat, let's say, for for dinner. You don't have to eat in the dining room for breakfast and lunch. But really what it did is it just made it more flexible to the uh, for the passenger to be able to determine when, where, and with whom he wants to eat, what kind of restaurant, what kind of foods. And uh, it really kind of evolved at that kind of an experience to be able to customize your vacation to your liking. If you want to enjoy all the unedited interviews of Cruise Radio, then sign up for Cruise Radio premium content at cruiseradio.net. Hear all the interviews that don't make it to the show, behind the scenes, off-the-cuff talk with crew and officers, on-demand interviews, and more at Cruise Radio premium content. Sign up today at cruiseradio.net. Just click the premium content icon. We have got to tell you about eTravel Blackboard's first ever O Brochure Cruise Experience Guide. This was put together by one of our frequent guests, Natalie Arroyan, out of Australia. And it's really a must-have for anyone planning to sail out of Australia. Before you go any further, this cruising guide is absolutely free. All you have to do to get this is go to cruiseradio.net and click on the O Brochure icon. There's a lot of great information in here, too. You can find out which ships will be calling Australia home, uh, wind lines will be launching their new ships. Tips on packing, port and excursion ideas, information on river cruising. Some great deals are in this guide. This guide is filled with info, and did we mention it is free? It's really perfect for agents to have cruise information at their fingertips or to give to those traveling to uh, or even considering a cruise out of Australia. Once again, this is free. Go to cruiseradio.net and click on the O brochure icon. All right, that's going to do it. Coming up next week, episode 101, where there will be no celebration whatsoever. Really? It'll be completely anticlimactic oh. following this show. Hey, we do want to thank our guests once again. Nancy Schredder from the Family Travel Network. Chris Owen from Gadling.com. Chris Elliott from CBS Interactive. Jennifer Natoso from the Weather Channel. Jim Walker from CruiseLawNews.com. And last but certainly not least, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, who has been a huge part of the success of this show. Anybody else? Uh, God, uh, <laughs> my mother, I uh, love you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Next week on the show, listener Jason Coleman will share his experience aboard the Emerald Princess. Don't forget we're on the Stitcher Radio Network, a quick and easy way to get your podcast. Just go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Stitcher Radio icon. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, Email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.